All right, guys, uh, we are live here. Uh, welcome to the second official Ad Leaks podcast, uh, episode two. Uh, we have the wonderful and legendary Nick Shackelford here. How's it going, buddy? Very, very good. I'm so pumped that we're finally wearing the same color. I'm just joking with you, but you know, like, I know purple is your choice, so I chose right. <laughs> yeah, it's funny we didn't even plan that. Um, um, cool, man. So uh, I'm going to uh, just kind of shoot the shit a little bit while we uh, get some people to jump on the live stream here. Um, but uh, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, get started just a little bit. Uh, sure. So who is Nick Shackelford? Uh, let's start with let's start, how old are you? So I'm 28 years old. Um, and actually, I got good feedback from somebody that I've been working with. And I had an introduction to somebody else yesterday. And it took me 20 minutes to do my intro of who I am. So I'm going to try to beat that and cut it in half. Um, <laughs> so uh, thank you, Gabe, for the, for the transparent feedback. But so I'm 28 years old. And a lot of people know that my start actually became in paid traffic because of you, right? My biggest opportunity was when I, uh, I don't know if anybody knows the story, but I actually... Tim, if you sit next to Tim, Tim gets messages along the bottom of his uh, of his Facebook page, and it's just 30 to 40 people pinging him consistently. And I was like, dude, there's no way, there's no way I'm gonna be able to stand out. So I sent you money. I sent you money in the messenger. And if you guys know this, if you send somebody money in That's the messenger- That's funny, that was actually one actually, of my questions, yeah. Ah, okay, here we go. So this is, this is how I hacked it. I learned this from Jake. So Jake taught me how to do this. And when you send money, it like rains dollar bills. And I, your response is like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was like, dude, I, I need to get your attention somehow. And it was like the dopest life hack. Uh, and, and then after that, obviously, before I came to you, that was the big rise of the fidget spinners. So that was probably the, the sexiest thing that I did that brought me into to contact with you, remember? Well, hey, don't take away too many of my questions here. <laughs> Shit, sorry. Uh, but it's been good. So I'm, I'm 20 years old. I, I'm an Orange County kid. Uh, I did a lot of my schooling in St. Louis. And after I finished that, I did play professional soccer. That was like my initial goal. That's my, that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, but as soon as I got there, I was like, there's, there's no way I'm trading time for money. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, 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 so I, that, so tell us what you did before digital marketing. You just kind of breezed over it there, but go a little more detail. Sure. Sure. So I've, so I, my entire life, my entire career was playing professional soccer. And before I got into that opportunity was club soccer. Right. So I went to school, not for, I went to school to try to get a contract. Uh, that contract thankfully came in 2015 with the LA Galaxy. And I spent two years of my favorite, favorite thing to do is to get paid to play. Well, people forget like as a pro athlete, you do two things. You practice and you play and, and that's, that's it. But that's really only like an hour off to maybe three hours max a day. So I got very, very fortunate of being like, no, I need to do something more. And that's launching Keep Air, which was my goalkeeping brand. Uh, so that it's still live today and we were selling goalie gloves and I was like, okay, this is something that I can really get, get behind. And if we're selling gloves, I was learning that I could see it. It was like old school influencers. I'd give it to goalies. They'd wear it. I get pictures. We post it for the kids. Um, after that, I go, this is dude, this is exactly what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. And I had to quit. So I had an opportunity to work for two companies, which are very, very well known. First one is PepsiCo. And with Pepsi, uh, I was essentially what you would call a millennial consultant. The goal for them were saying, "Tim, I shit you not, buddy." Or sitting really, that's really, that's really a term. I'm millennial consultant. Jeez. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. <laughs> so Pepsi, so PepsiCo. So think, think about this, right? This is when like organic reach meant something, and people were all focused around 
hey, how do we get people into our store? So Pepsi, they partner with store. They have two different things. They have their bottle service and they have their syrup business. The syrup business, they partner with Wahoos or BJ's, Long John Silver's to pour, pour their syrup. Um, and every year they bring in a brand. This year happened to be BJ's. BJ's, were, they're sitting around a table. It was this big table in Lake Forest. And like, how do we get more traffic into our stores? And this genius agency, big agency guy in LA goes, we need babies looking like millennials. And that's how people are going to relate to it. And I was like, okay, um, if that's real, <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, so I, I basically helped them understand like how that launch was going to happen through organic content on their Facebook pages. Went well. I realized this is pretty, pretty contract-based wise. I'm going to get a paycheck and then that's it. Nothing uh, consistent. And I got introduced to, and it was pretty seamless. Like that happened, that contract ended and it went right into working for uh, Omnicom, which is probably one of the largest uh, AC networks there are in the world. And that mm -hmm. performance arm that they had is called Resolution Media. That was my first jump into, into Facebook. And guess who it was on? It was Apple. Uh, so the very first client, it was Apple and all we worked on. We were in agency life 24 seven, one client across the United States and my job EU. So at all EU nations and it was, Hey, go spend a million bucks or 2 million bucks over here and give me the report back of what your video views were. It was, yes, it was, it was wild. That, that, and that's uh, right around when we met. Um, I always find this like mind blowing, but, uh, but tell everyone watching here on uh, what the KPIs were uh, for uh, the Apple iPhone seven launch that you did. So the iPhone seven launch, the KPI was how many people like how much money we could spend and how many impressions we could have. And the main value that we were trying to uh, watch was video views, how many video views we could have. And it, they didn't care about the dollars. They didn't care about anything else. Cause they're like, well, it's a write off. I don't know what they're thinking, but it didn't make any sense. <laughs> it's crazy to me that a uh, big brand, uh, completely disregard uh, like performance metrics at all. Because uh, even, even a Pepsi could uh, could somehow um, uh, bring it down to, uh, you know, like a measurable metric, um, like a store visit or, uh, I mean, it's a little harder granted because you can get Pepsi pretty much anywhere, right? But uh, but right. They, they could, I don't know, they could direct response it a little bit. Uh, but I guess once we get that big branding, it's just a necessity, but. Exactly. It, it, to them, it was just a, a couple bucks they could spend. I think the coolest thing that we, that was a part of, was they did an upgrade program. So they ran it on, it was paid search and a little bit of paid social just to drive it so they can acquire it search. But they were trying to get you to come to the Apple store and put in your old iPhone to upgrade to a new iPhone. That might've been the, like the dopest thing I was ever able to witness there. But other than that, it didn't make any sense to stay. Enter, um, where that's where like at the end of that, at the beginning of where the fidget spinner trend came off, that's when you and I met. Fidgetly was an idea on the back of Jake Schmidt, who had like, hey, I'm going to do this influencer program. I was like, dude, I know Facebook, let me go wild. We were selling 36. If you go to archive.org, you can pull up Fidgetly. And that was like the number one website of selling fidget spinners. We we're selling for $45, 35 to $45. And our wow. conversions were three to six bucks. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So if you guys uh, uh, want anybody to blame for all the, the, the millions of fidget spinners in the world, you can blame Nick. <laughs> we, I, I, it's so Jake and I, we, we were joking around. We're like, we like to think that we kept Toys R Us in store a couple more months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he probably did. Like, and, uh, and, and I know you don't like bragging much, but, uh, I'll brag for you. Uh, Nick actually you. was able to get, uh, their brand in, uh, their fidget spinners in Best Buy. 
uh, all around the country, which is freaking awesome. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Uh, I mean, you you remember that contract? We were going obviously mm -hmm. with the undisclosed, but we were going through a lot of back and forth. Thankfully, to you and Sean helped me through. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't make sense, and and a lot of that stuff is you have to have been there, done that to really understand how to navigate through it. So you you were definitely a, a major guiding factor in that. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work, man. Amen. Amen. Those uh, are good times. Cool. So um, so some of these questions are also uh, actually I, I, mean, I know most of the answers, but obviously a lot of people watching don't. Um, are you married, single? What's your story there? Great question. So I do I do wear a ring. Um, I am not married. Uh, Shanice is uh, is my partner. We we own a home in Orange County. We've been together for nine and a half years. So my goal is like wow. hmm, just making sure that we're like each other, right? Uh, no, we, we're planning on getting married, but uh, eventually I'm planning to probably be like our ten year anniversary is it rings a bell to me. Um, and we have two dogs, so obviously like Luca and Levi are like if anybody has a consulting call or to me at home you're gonna hear snorting and like pig-like sounds because i have french bulldogs i just you're just gonna have to deal with it <laughs> um so i asked uh, actually i asked max finn this question uh last week on the interview and uh he had a great answer so i'm gonna ask you the same question uh what are the uh, uh what are the kpis you look for in partner uh, wife etc oh my god i have a great answer for this okay so <laughs> as you as you know in our world and I, I guarantee you maxwell will feel the same way our life is so up and down because of traffic or campaigns or clients lose you or you you just sign a deal and wait they got to go back and so we're dealing consistently with chaos so when i get home like if you see my home it's uh it's all minimal shanice is as even keeled as possible because i can't take that much chaos in my personal life because mm -hmm. everything else is wild so yeah. the number one KPI has to be when I come home and I, I'm sitting here going like, babe, this is what my day's been like. She's like, okay, I'm so sorry that's how that went, but let's like ease you into this. Let's go have a conversation about this kind of thing. And she really coddles. We're all such fragile traffic guys. So she really coddles us a well. Mm. Yeah, she's great. I've met her once, once or twice. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Okay. So uh, tell Good us question. about what the, what's up with Man on Monday. <laughs> wild good research good research okay so when um if you go to my instagram and you choose like photos i've been tagged in there's gonna be a picture of myself sitting on uh, the galaxy bench and i have a man bun um this happened i got posted on a thing called men and coffee and it was me like holding a cup of coffee trying to be sexy trying to do my thing um and what actually got picked up was man bun Monday. Cause I had a, I had a, all this hair tied way, way back when it was cool. Man buns were cool at the time. I promise you they were definitely cool. And I got posted on this man bun Monday just so happened that my first, I was the first picture on Instagram, Snapchat picked it up on Cosmo. So I wow. woke up one day and I was getting wild ads. Like I'm talking not just like the, the people in India that add you left and right. I was getting like, stateside people adding me left and right and they're like hey you got posted on man by monday like this is wild and i looked into it i go oh wow so i had a, a massive assortment of of men and that enjoyed the, the way i looked that's for sure um and then i also had a couple girls here and there <laughs> it is what it is they looked at me and the, this is also where i learned what a bear was i learned what a bear was what what is a bear Okay, <laughs> there's a question. Oh, do, I, do I not so want to ask um, a question on, on here or something? 
No, I'll, 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 I'm, I'm, de- I'm game. I'll answer this. So a bear is um, in the in the male and male fe- in the male and male world. The one that's more of like hairy and 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 like broad and like uh, like an alpha, a super like alpha, a bear. and and like in the community. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh man! So, uh, so you're getting that guys hitting you up because you would be the bear, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of I had a All lot the, of the, the uh, requests there. for a bear. So, uh, so I'm I'm uh, I've been growing my uh, my stubble out a little bit myself. Um, what is uh, uh do you like use like beard beard oil? Because uh, this is about as long as like I, I've gone ever before. It's it's not too long, but. Um, uh, it's it's not as epic as your beard, but I'm I'm curious like about the the maintenance. Actually, you know what? I don't want to get into that on the interview. I'll ask you that list some other time. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go uh, into it. We'll go into it. <laughs> uh, so okay, so we went over that. Uh, okay, so are you more of like a coffee, Red Bull, Monster tea? What do you what's your like you know, get up and go kind of drink? So I'm I'm all coffee. So I, I'm thoroughly obsessed with coffee at all times. And it's actually a deep passion of mine to, to start a coffee shop. Because if you think about what we do, it is physical and digital, right? Like a coffee shop is a perfect bridge to what we do online, as well as like, it keeps us a little bit tied to, to real human interaction. So oh, I was funny. Uh, I had this great idea yesterday. Um, and something, it's something I want to do in the future with, uh, with, uh, with ad leaks. Um, but, uh, you know, are you familiar with Soho House? Of course. Yeah, right. Everyone knows the Um So for if anyone in the outside of the U.S. or whatever that may not necessarily know about it, it's basically like a members-only club. It's, it's hard to get into. You have like two referrals. And then they have like uh, physical locations like a hangout. Uh, right. Uh, you know, there would be a bar, a restaurant, a pool, uh, you know, et cetera. And they have them all over the world. They're very cool to hang out with. Um, uh, very cool to hang out at. Uh, so what I want to do, but it's more for like creative types, artists, uh, you know, painters, that sort of thing. Um, so I want to make them more like entrepreneurial focused. Um, so with Adley, probably branded on a different name um, you know, under it, but uh, some sort of, you know, Adley's house or whatever the name would be, uh, but all around the world where if you're a member, it's like a member like Soho, uh, where you can go and meet people in person and have a drink, uh, coffee, whatever, you know. You have um, to. So cool. uh, let's see. So, okay, so tell me, Tell me everything that you're uh, kind of involved with currently work-wise, uh, and then what do, what do you actually uh, do, like, responsibility-wise uh, for those? Okay, great question. So where I currently am at now, and I have I have a big announcement to, to launch on in July, so I won't talk about that just yet, but right now I'm at a team called Common Thread Collective. We are, uh, we call ourselves a digital sales agency because we're only focused on e-commerce products, no info, no lead gen, um, only e-commerce brands, pretty much where I've built the name and reputation that I currently have right now is growing D2C brands to seven, eight, and currently I just have a 10 figure brand, which is fantastic to know. Uh, that's obviously Josh, uh, the snow product that we are running. Um, and that is where my core focus is, right? That, that realm of working with clients is what I love the most. So even back when I was, uh, one of your guys at agency, why? I thoroughly love the interaction, the back and forth with clients because our our job, we create revenue. We create dollars that are not there and there's a massive creativity on that, right? So if I sit here and I go, okay, how, how can I solve that problem? I don't want to necessarily ideate that, ideate the problem solve, but I want to figure out how, how seamlessly we can make it scale or how seamlessly we can contact more consumers because there's two different people. 
there's one person that wants to go from zero to one. I, I don't want to go zero to one. I want to go one to 10. That's where I'm really, really good at. My, my core, I, my core product that I help out the most is brands that are doing anywhere between 10 to 25 million because it's already figured out, but they just need a little more scale or they need to understand they don't necessarily need that 5X. Like Tim, you and I go back and forth on this. There's some brands that see or marketers that go, if you're not getting a three, five, six, or seven X, you're losing. Well, new customer acquisition, that's winning, right? What can you afford to spend so that you can bully everybody out? Everybody talks about this. You talked about this. The person that spends the most wins. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm never going to sit here and brag about I got a 14x return because I'm going to look at myself and go, I should have spent more money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I've heard you talk about a lot is, is delayed attribution. So you may not know until you know, it's been a month that you actually had an ROI. Uh, so what, if, what have you found? Uh, it, it's kind of a random. What have you found uh, it's a typical uh, ROAS to get on uh, an e comm client that you're running? Um, who doesn't have a well-known brand name versus one that does have a well-known brand name? What's kind of like the average? That's fantastic. So I actually got an email this morning of someone that's spending. Um, they're spending a hundred. They're spending one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month, and their average return is a two point five. That's full funnel, and they're not mm-hmm. a well-known brand, but it's a, it's an easily understandable product as to why it's finding success, and it's in the same world as like the pup sock direct to consumer play spending the same amount of dollars when you have a brand name the only thing that's going to benefit you the most is the fact that that you have your more organic which means that you the more you spend and the search volume and juice that that store has you're looking that you're going to probably get a 3 to 3.2 whereas if you have no brand you're paying for everything that you're going to get right so that it's more like that halo effect so when we work with halo or 511 or or snow or slick or brands that are established in their space, mm-hmm. we don't have to spend as much to get the return people are looking for when they have no brand because they have no other organic or they have no other uh, means of finding the store. We, you and I just talked about it, right? Like your, your brand is so strong that you don't have to necessarily post and put money behind it. You can post and let the reach do the work for you for a period of time. And you already know how to buy traffic, so you don't need to spend too much time there. Absolutely, and uh, uh, but uh, forgetting even just the organic reach is nice, but I think that there's also something to say for uh, the extra boost and conversion rate that you get on that same traffic you're buying because people know that brand name. Um, it's the same uh, thing for hymns, right? Like some someone was talking to me about hymns. Like if you look at that page, so anything if anybody is looking for a lot of really really cool, really cool new D to C, like I would call them unicorn brands. Look up Gin Lane. Gin Lane makes beautiful e-commerce experiences, but they're not performance focused. Like we between the fact that like, you're, are you gonna be a brand that wants to win on brand or you wanna be a brand that wants to win on performance? Those are two different conversations and those are two different e-commerce experiences. For, it's, for a brand like Hims, if you log on that page, there is no bells and whistles that are gonna push you to, to, to make the purchase, but they're banking on how much money they're spending to you know like, okay, I trust them. It's a well-known brand. I'm gonna convert anyways. Whereas say, say I'm diving into the supplement space, I'm, di- I'm diving into the supplement space right now. And any, the, everybody knows that the margins in the supplement space, seven bucks for pre-workout, sell for 40 to $50, great margins. You can get discount up front, but you're not winning because of the brand. You're winning because they're like, nah, cheap enough. 
So I'm trying to run a yeah. lot of split tests between what is the LTV of a customer coming in on a discount versus an LTV of a customer paying full price. That is something that if anybody has studied, I know Maxwell is really all about this stuff. So Max, if you have any uh, shout out to you on your LTV calculator, I saw the ad leaks uh, in the in the learning section. If someone wants to look through that, that's really really good. Hell yeah, man! And that's one thing that I, I love about you is that you look uh, you look at the, the full picture of where revenue is coming from, uh, attribution multipliers, uh, et cetera, to find out how much you can actually spend uh, to acquire a customer. And that's something that I, I wish that more people did. So kudos there, and I'm glad you pushed that. Uh, let's see, okay, so next question. What would you say is your biggest career win ever? Ooh, biggest mm -hmm. career win ever. <laughs> I think it was last year. I think last year, the amount of wins we had. So first, so Fidgely was the the check, right? So I was like, hey, this happened. Um, yeah, I'm on, I'm on a call here. There's no other place to talk. Um, so Fidgely was like, what put on your position to, to find success? But then that, to prove it again, um, I had to learn all the tactics. So I spent, I spent about nine to 10 months with you learning, uh, begging and, and trying to go like, give me reps, give me reps. Well, then it, when we got to Comic Red and I was able to build off of like well-known brands or reputations that are established, we went back to back three times in a row. So when Pup Socks, $10 million in 32 days, I, I don't yeah. think I'm ever going to, I don't think I'm ever going to be better than that. Second, uh, you'll crack that goal eventually. I appreciate that. I hope so. The second was Diff. Diff went and did uh, $275 in two days. That was a major win. And then, Snow went and did back-to-back multi-million-dollar months off of like whatever they whatever traffic they had originally. We quadrupled that, and so that was a super solid year. And all three of them went on to be Facebook case studies. Right now, my biggest focus has been understanding like other channels. Like it, it can't just be Facebook anymore. Like I'm so yeah. bummed that Facebook ad buyers group is so large because now we have to start creating Snapchat buyers. Uh, maybe Twitter comes back. I don't think so, but uh, there's other traffic sources that need to need to be spoken about, or else it doesn't make sense. That's why I got groups for native email marketing, uh, Google, uh, etc. Because uh, I agree, I don't think you can ever really rely on uh, one channel. It's just not smart. Uh, of course. What's, what do we got here? Uh, uh, okay, so um, I, along with everybody else, I think I've heard you talking about uh, scaling hard a lot. Uh, can you tell us about uh, some of the problems that you might encounter during that? Oh, this is, I think this is the number one problem that we encounter. We're dealing with it right now after Memorial Day. So a lot of people talk about like that post sale slump and what they forget to do is they don't, they don't let their evergreen content continue to run. People running during a sale, the, the communication of the sale is still on the site. So there's no issues of turning it off. Why would you turn that off? It's already working for you. Let your sale ads drive some of that top of the funnel traffic and don't turn off the evergreen stuff because it's gonna, if you turn off the evergreen when you have a sale, you will hit a bigger slump than you would have without it. Because the way we like to run sales, and I specifically is, um, I think I talked about this at the iStack event for Q4, is you spend all your time teasing the sale, right? You have to tease it for at least two and a half weeks because a sale is not really just the weekend you're running for the two days. It's three set. It's the two weeks before where you're priming. It's the week of the sale where you launch it. 
and it's the post and sale where you're either quote unquote extending or trying to build up the new uh, prospecting audiences to then run another promotion too. So what we learned is if you don't turn off Evergreen and if you actually try to monitor the budget between Evergreen and the promotional sale, promotional sale created, you'll prevent more of a slump as you exit it. That makes perfect and sense. Don't, and, and don't be afraid because people, people also forget to spend more money. It goes back to the delayed attribution. Understand, understand what you did, uh, how we do is that we'll go back and look at all the sales that we ran for a brand specifically. And we see like, okay, if you're prospecting all before the week or two before, these people are going to be purchasing once they get notification that they have an offer to give them. So you have to look back two weeks before the sale to see what the lift could potentially. That's where a lot of the mistakes happen. Absolutely. Um, okay, so the next question here, uh, maybe five or ten minutes left here. Uh, what is your biggest screw up, and what did you learn from it? Biggest screw up. Oh, this happens, and there's there's a couple of these times that this has happened. I wouldn't say it was a major one, but it could have been depending on the, who the client was. Uh, we were running for a week and a half to the wrong link um, of a competitor brand. Oh no! So we're we're looking at. It, I'm like I'm like, this is our best. Like you know when you get like a bunch of ads and you just kind of throw it across all your best audiences. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, why is this ad not working? And you're like, you're looking at you're like, oh my god, this is linked to the other side. And here's the worst part. When you have a client and you bill them for ad spend that isn't going to their site, that is, that is the most, you just have to give them, you have to credit it. There's no way around it. <laughs> so as, I would love to know as, as marketers, like what, what are like the number one mistakes that people have? I think it's wrong, broken links. I think it's uh, so, running to sold out products. Like what else have people experienced? I would love to know. Uh, definitely people not. Uh, not checking their pages on their phone to see what they look like. Um, I've seen that mistake mm. all the time. You don't even look at it on the phone. Um, and it could look terrible. Oh, you know, it looks like, oh, good to go. But then on, on mobile, you can't even like look at the car or something. You know, ridiculous. Um, okay, so let's see here. Well, here's, uh, here's, here's a way. Sorry, go ahead. There's one major people are Shop append, auto append, promo code. What does it? You get the link and already put it in and promo code to the link. So if you You're look right now, if you go the better. Uh, Let me move. I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. Is it a little better, Tim? You got me, yeah, boss? It takes a second. Okay. I just moved okay, to I think a new it's a spot, better. so hopefully it's a little better. Okay, I'm talking just so that you can see if it's going to be consistent or not. I don't have anything important to say at the moment. <laughs> Are we better? Are we good? <laughs> uh, yeah, Okay. Uh, so what, what I was talking about was you can Google, if you Google, so people are running still, people are still using promo codes as an e-commerce brand owner. I don't recommend when you're with sales to use promo codes 
why I believe in this is because unless uh, a caveat, only use promos if you're running to a locked-in lander from a specific traffic source, or else it's another barrier for someone to potentially drop off and not make the purchase. Now mm-hmm. you can kind of come back to me and go, you can come back and go like, yeah, but I also like don't want them to to get that percentage off. Um, I want them to buy full purchase. So I was like, okay, well then don't run a sale at all. Don't even do a sale. But if you <laughs> if you if you can leverage Shopify, they have a uh, if you Google uh, auto append auto append promo codes to your links, every ad doesn't need a promo code anymore. It'll just automatically apply it to checkout. That's super sick. I didn't even like that. I'll check that out. Um, yeah, so just, just anybody can find it. It's great. Less people in the audience uh, understand here. Um, uh, basically, when you add, you can put the promo code in your URL, and then it will automatically apply it at the checkout, so that you don't even have to uh, give it to the user. They don't type it in. Um, it'll just autofill it for them, um, so it'll make it nice and easy. Uh, so let's see. Okay, a more questions here, and then I'll let you go. Um, let me make a couple really good ones here. Uh, okay, actually, uh, what? Um, what uh, traffic platform are you currently running on? Um, specifically, I'm running Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. I've been spending a lot of time understanding this platform. Um, I am finding a lot of success on running credit here. Uh, now, that's not my game. That's definitely not my game. But Jake Schmidt is the dude that is behind a lot of this stuff. But I've been sitting next to him on a lot of these traffic sources. And the highest day we've spent uh, consistently back-to-back about fifty to seventy thousand dollars, and when I tell you, Tim, the shit you can get away with on Snapchat is <laughs> wild, wild. Our our number one, our number top three, our top three headlines is how this thirteen year old is making money, how this fifteen year old is making money daily. It's wild. Oh man, it's like the wild west. Uh, like Facebook was like six years ago or something. It's amazing. Literally, literally, it is. I'm obsessed. It's fantastic. All right, so what, what would you say is the biggest project, uh, uh, whatever you want to call it, that you're working on right now? Okay, um, so let's put it this way. So as come July, um, I've, I've been thankful enough to be a part of a lot of really good teams that spend, uh, so Common Thread is a team of 85 people that are here to serve entrepreneurs. Uh, and even when I was with you, right, like the goal was always to try to like build something around my name. And you've mm-hmm. been an unbelievable supporter of, Bro, go do you. Go feel that entrepreneurial journey. Go go feel the ups and downs. And so I think the biggest thing, if I were to ask the crowd of in in July uh, and August, I will be stepping out to try to like focus on who, like, what do I really want to do? Who are the partners I want to be with? Um, mm-hmm. So any guidance on this like entrepreneurial journey is something that I'm obviously will reach out to you, Sean, and the rest of the people in this group. But if anybody has great recommendations on that solo entrepreneur play. I'm not looking forward to build an agency. I'm looking to to partner with those that are passionate about their that they can use a really good marketer or growth person. That's that's what I'm most focused about. Very cool. Well, congratulations. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate you again. I know where I got I, a lot of my beginning, and for a lot of the teachings that you give a lot of the people in our groups, man, you there's a reason why they call you like one of the OGs is because you, you are an OG and you're still, still very, very in the game. So I appreciate your, your grind, man. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that too. Uh, of course. Okay. So let me, let me just do, I'll skip a lot of these. Okay. Two more questions. Cool. Uh, 
Okay, so a lot of uh, a lot of people have issues with creating creative, right? Um, uh, videos, especially, um, are uh, more a pain in the butt now these days. Um, uh, they, the fact that you need them, I guess, in general, um, where you didn't need to before. Uh, what are what's a, like a, what program or app or whatever uh, would you recommend to people like the average Joe so they can produce a good creative, good video creative? Amazing. Great. This is a fantastic question. So there's two, there's two people that I've been working very, very closely. The team at Lumen5, you know these people very well. Lumen5 is a Vancouver-based company that is the easiest way of making a good Mashable with text overlay that's specifically designed for social platforms. Like this is, it's foolproof for people to log in and do this. And I, I think the, the, the lowest program, and I have no affiliation with these guys, the lowest program is like 30 to 40 bucks and it's drag and drop. Very, very simple. Second, Facebook specifically, you can dump a bunch of stills and they'll they'll do it your own little mashable. They'll do your own little slideshow. And that's exactly where I would start with. Now, once people need to be leveraging dynamic creative testing. Now, we there's a really big advocate in this group. Her name is Savannah Sanchez. Um, and she's a, a fantastic marketer that I've been working with. Using DCT to test headline, body copy, and text. And then taking, we call it like super ads, taking the best of all of it and then running it into our best performing audiences has taken like the guesswork out of what I used to have, a really, really systematic testing framework of spend X dollars, run it for four days, take the winner and evaluate. DCT is a no brainer, especially running at a remarketing level. I've been preaching about this left and right. Um, I think there's a, a massive opportunity for people to leverage just the tools that Facebook is are giving you. Don't make it, don't make it any more than it really is. If anything, it's making it easier. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen a lot of success with, uh, with dynamic creatives also. I've been testing them heavily for the last couple of months and loving it, honestly. It has, like you said, it's actually making it way easier than it used to be. <laughs> so thank you, Facebook. Yeah, um, literally. All right, last question for you, Bill. Uh, uh, what is the best way for people to reach out to you for consultation, services, uh, or just hang out today? Sure. So obviously I, I'm in ad leaks daily. That's like my place to go to the conversations. There are, do you know when you have conversations with people and you feel like kind of drained afterwards? Um, everybody's like cup is, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're good. We're, we're, we are two full cups pouring into each other. So that's, that's how I view our, our relationship for sure. Um, but ad leaks, I spent a lot of good time in there. Second, um, my email is Nick at, structured dash there's a dash in our social easy to get there instagram i'm all about the instagram game it's i am nick shackleford um and i think i actually you probably owned the domain that i bought under your name so i probably need to get that back i think you own that but i'm happy to give it to you if i do it should be in your okay. okay i'll check my GoDaddy. but um yeah you can i'm i'm very active in the groups obviously facebook ad buyers um i'm all about this space so i love i love everything we do here and whether it's marketing or e-commerce i will absolutely geek out on all of this Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the on the podcast here and letting me interview you, Nick. I appreciate it. Uh, is there any uh, parting words you'd like to say to the, the group here, the audience? No, I think everybody. This is the we're in the right industry. Like you are in the right industry. Just lean into it. I know I'm ready to lean into it, fully focused. Um, so keep uh, let's keep scaling, dude. Just keep on scaling. All right. Well, thank you, Nick Shackleford. Uh, this concludes uh, episode two of the Adam Podcast. You guys all have a good one.